Valparaiso, Indiana, and Dave, thank you for waiting, sir. We're back to you now, and I appreciate it. Oh, it is a pleasure and an honor to be on with you, Rush. Uh, I just wanted to let you know about some of the things that our university is doing to celebrate Martin Luther King Day for uh, diversity. Our topic of discussion this year is feminism in uh, race relations. You're going to love this one. Um, we had a speaker, the co-founder of the Black Think Tank out in San Francisco, Dr. Julia Hare. I wrote, luckily I had a pen and was able to write down a couple of her uh, comments this morning during our convocation, which I was required to attend by my English class. Uh, in talking about empowering women, she forgave the mothers of Donald Rumsfeld and Clarence Thomas for giving birth to them. <laughs> she, she praised women who ignore the men in their lives and said that women make better CEOs than men, at which time I turned to my friend right next to me and said, uh, and told him about the, um, what was it, the Queen Bee effect that you were telling us about a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Yeah, and it was just, and it, this thing just, it goes on, and we have some several, we have several uh, possible classes that we can go to for the rest of the day, including uh, the No Child Left Behind ba- Act and how underachieving minority students are affected. Well, look, you know, I, I, this is hilarious in one sense. It's also frustrating. It's a great example of how the left has corrupted uh, academia. And I'm, I'm going to have more on this uh, when we get to the Duke uh, lacrosse case. That, th- th- I, I don't know if you see that press conference on Saturday afternoon where the North Carolina attorney general announced that he's taking a case over and assigning two prosecutors in his uh, office to, to handle it. Nifong wanted to be recused. Nifong wanted out. And they, Fine, Mike, you're gone. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. But they said, well, you know, we don't know anything about this case. I wish we could promise a speedy conclusion, but we can't promise anything. We're starting from scratch. I mean, we haven't seen the case file. We're we're not even going to get the case files till next week. We, we, it's we can't rule out anything. We can't rule out rape charge. Oh, okay. So we're looking at another year of this, perhaps. And the parents of these three guys are facing another year or whatever length of time it is of legal fees to start all over again. Uh, there's no case. You know, this is one of the things that just frustrates the, the, the all get out of me about about the legal system. This case is not about the evidence because there isn't any. This case is about the seriousness of the charge. And so some stripper comes forward now with three or four different versions of what happened to her that night. And we've got charges based on that. Well, the charge is the only thing that matter. Not the not the veracity of the accuser, not the legitimacy of it. No, the nature of the charge. The nature of the evidence here is is irrelevant. I can't believe these people in the in the in the attorney. And I'm not don't, I know from a legal standpoint they have to say certain things, but I can't believe they don't know anything about this case. Can't believe they do not watch television or read the local paper in Raleigh. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, it had 60 Minutes had this, uh, well, one of his DNA guy on last night, the lab guy, and he he admitted again that he and Nifong withheld exculpatory evidence, and Nifong, even after he knew the exculpatory evidence existed, was out there still trashing these three guys. If, 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 I'm, you, if I'm an American parent and I have an athlete being recruited to Duke, I say, no way. I, first place, don't want to have to send him to school with this kind 
of a faculty with this kind of a, a local law enforcement agency, and I don't want to have to start saving millions of dollars here for legal fees if some wacko comes along and makes some unsubstantiated charge that happens to fit a liberal political template, and so everybody accepts it and believes it. What happened at that campus uh, with, those, with those three guys... I mean, they were they were walking through campus after this all happened with big banners saying castrate them, suspend them, expel them or what have you. Can you imagine if anybody had done that with a group of gay students or feminine or female students or whatever? But this was all tolerated. You know, so, of course, I'm not surprised you're going to have some lunatic show up on Martin Luther King Day, do a little convocation here on feminism and uh what, the civil rights movement or what have you, and then say she forgave the mothers of Rumsfeld and uh, whoever else, Cheney, Clarence Thomas. The thing you have to understand here, these people are not trying to be funny. They mean this stuff. Ted Pocatello, Idaho, you're next on the EIB Network. Hello. Uh, Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. And uh, first thing I want to, I mean, the only thing I want to say was that I want to make a comment about that Duke lacrosse rape case. The rape charges have been dropped and some more charges have been filed. But I was just saying, they, everybody trying to act like these people are so, these guys are nothing but some athletes. Now, I'm an ex-athlete myself. They're, they're nothing but some athletes. And they Wait, have, hey, 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 do me, do me a favor, Ted, because of my hearing, if you would slow down just a little. Okay. I, the last okay. thing I heard you say was but the, 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 these guys are nothing but athletes. And you said you're, you're an athlete yourself. Yes, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an athlete myself, and I can't see why just going – these guys are probably guilty just on assumption. I mean, um, excluding DNA, but then you have to have DNA to, to really convict someone. But, I'm, but what I'm trying to say is that these guys are athletes, and they have, they have two strippers from a different nationality coming to a fraternity house yeah. or, a lacrosse, or, 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 or a lacrosse sports team uh, home you know, a bunch yeah. of athletes around there, and then these girls are strippers. You know they're going to make racial comments. You know they're going to try something like that. It's just, you know, but now they act like these guys are... Wait, wait, hold uh, it. Now, wait, wait. What? What? I'm a little confused. Are you speaking in defense of these guys, or are you criticizing? I'm not, I'm not quite getting where you're going here. What I am doing is saying that I'm criticizing the press for... Well, not really the press, but for everyone trying to exonerate these people... Just because the rape charges have been dropped. Now, this girl, sure, she has. Well, that's like, not just why. That, that, because the, you, you mentioned the DNA. They found DNA for half of North Carolina, but none of it for these three guys. True. True. So, therefore, so therefore, therefore, she her, her story's conflict. Um, well, she's changed, it. she's changed it three or four times. Yes, they have. Nifong <laughs> never spoke to the lawyers or the kids, and he only had his investigator speak to the accuser in the past four weeks or so. Nifong's facing serious disbarment charges over the way he handles. I tell you, you know what? The best way for you to understand, let me go through what I've got here on this, because I, I do think this is a case, uh, 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 Ted, where, where the nature of the evidence is irrelevant and the seriousness of the charge is what is uh, is guiding ever here. I, you know, I, I, I don't know these three kids. I have read some stuff that Reed Seligman has, uh, has, has said in interviews and it sounds to me like this this uh, young man is pretty well adjusted and well connected and together, uh, despite all of this. Uh, and their families seem like they're good, decent people too. You talk about a stripper from a, a different nationality uh, came over. What you have to understand, you look at this two ways. Uh, maybe they're looking at this with with without 
color in mind. Maybe these guys didn't care. They were not racists. You know, who is it that's noticing the skin color here? And nobody ever mentions this. Nobody ever mentions that this lady <clears throat> came to the house in Durham willfully and at a price she determined to take off her clothes. She set the price. She shows up to do a stripping routine. I mean, if everybody should know that these athletes are hooligans, she should know it. But she shows up. Had she never considered the risks of this behavior? It's one thing to strip on a pole at a bar with 15,000 bouncers around you. But if you're going to hire yourself out, you have to know the risks involved. Maybe what they ought to do in North Carolina is make strippers who visit private homes illegal. Um, and, and, and all of that. Save the dancers from themselves. We need laws to protect the strippers because the strippers aren't doing enough to protect themselves. Now, I've, got a, I've got a story here. I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to come back and I'm going to go through this. I've got a column actually by William Anderson from the uh, Lou Rockwell Institute, lourockwell.com, uh, that is just informative and powerful uh, as it can be. Uh, and, and it's and I don't know if you saw the 60 Minutes piece last night with these uh, families, but whatever you thought of the, of the President Bush appearance with Scott Pelley, this piece on, on the Duke lacrosse case uh, was the meat of the, uh, of the show. Okay, Duke lacrosse case. Let's get in, get it, and get out. By William Anderson, LewRockwell.com. Even though the criminal case against the three Duke lacrosse players hasn't yet been deep-sixed, the lawsuits against Duke University have begun. The family of Kyle Dowd, a lacrosse player who was graduated last spring, filed against the university and a faculty member, Kim Curtis, who we told you about this, babe, claiming that Curtis failed Dowd in retaliation for his being on the lacrosse team. Curtis, who is a visiting prof in Duke's political science department, has a reputation for being a leftist ideologue, was one of the 88 signers of the infamous social disaster advertisement in the Duke Chronicle that thanked the protesters who acted in the aftermath of the charges levied against the lacrosse players. Furthermore, Kim Curtis actively participated in a number of rallies in which protesters held up signs calling for the lacrosse players to be castrated, while other signs declared, get a conscience, not a lawyer, and others just declared, confess. Her postings on a community website left no doubt that she believed her students either committed rape or, at the very least, were covering for the alleged rapists. Now, to gain a picture of what the Duke University lacrosse players experienced last spring as they walked through a literal gauntlet on their way to class, envision the following. Students holding signs, big banners, declaring castrate. Speakers at regular rallies calling for their expulsion from school. Students screaming slogans at them. The new Black Panthers and our old buddy Malik Shabazz came to Durham and said they were going to go to the Duke University dorms where lacrosse players lived in order to get confessions from them. They also had to deal with a poster with the pictures of the white lacrosse players calling for them to please come forward and tell the police who allegedly raped the accuser, was distributed and posted all over Duke's campus along with a fact sheet that we know today had no facts that were correct. 
for the time being, people are trying to make this a free speech issue. Now, hey, they can put up whatever banners and walk around campus all they want. But the situation is much deeper than that. Every year, college campuses all over the country host rallies such as Take Back the Night Marches Against Rape and Stop the Hate and the like. Many of the topics covered in these rallies are controversial and clearly people are not in agreement, but for the most part, they are general in nature. What happens, however, when ideologies meet specific accusations? To use the words of the 88 Duke signees, one has a social disaster. A group called Lie Stoppers put its own advertisement in the Raleigh News and Observer last summer to point out that the real social disaster is the attempt to railroad innocent people into prison. And that is where the real liability for Duke University begins. For all the talk about free speech... Duke University has a contractual obligation to its students, and that includes keeping them from being physically and verbally harassed by both faculty and students. Assume that the objects of this wrath are homosexuals, and they are met with signs that mock them and have anti-gay slurs or call for their sexual organs to be cut off. Furthermore, assume that the protest is not against homosexuality in general, but rather aimed specifically at certain males on campus who are gay. The liability that Duke would face in this example is the same liability the university undoubtedly faces now. And I will say this again, as I said earlier in the program, every college basketball recruiter in the country should be showing the parents of prospective Duke players the interview that aired last night on 60 Minutes. Look at these parents of these these kids. They're pretty gifted. They're smart athletes. You want them to spend the next four years of their life at Duke facing this kind of liberalism run amok? And uh, just in case, do you have a spare million hanging around to spend on attorneys, potentially? The fact is that Durham and Duke, they're cesspools. They've been for decades. Uh... There's no tax base in Durham without that school. Now, this piece by Lou Rockwell, and we'll, we'll link to it at RushLimbaugh.com, it's just, it's just one guy's opinion, William Anderson's opinion. But it goes, if you read the whole thing, it methodically lines out the incredible liability that Duke University, Nifong, and Durham have. And this is written before anybody knew what was revealed on 60 Minutes last night, that these boys and their families were, had, were threatened with their lives in the courtroom. As one of the mothers uh, said last night on 60 Minutes, every parent of a son in this country should be terrified by this case. And especially, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if they are white. As I say, this incident occurred off campus, not during standard school hours. It really wasn't a Duke issue. The players just happened to attend school there. And I don't know, do you think they called him up? Hi, we're the Duke lacrosse team. We want you to come over and strip for us, Crystal. Okay, what's the price? And they pay the price, she shows up. It is the school and the media and community that has linked this incident to the university. And why? Because Duke is internationally known primarily for basketball. The media went nuts with this because it fulfills their template. Look at all the rich ingredients we had here. Race, sex, wealth, Poverty, adolescence, privilege, alcohol, a prestigious and famous university, athletics, criminal behavior, politics. 
The only thing missing here, as far as the media was concerned, was a murder scene. This wasn't about the nature of the evidence. This was about the seriousness of the charge, the nature of the charge, because liberals, whenever something like this is charged, automatically think it's true based on their own rampant guilt. These, uh, these guys' lives have been ruined. If they did it, they should go to jail. If they didn't do it, they still have been jailed to a certain degree. I hope they sue. I hope they sue Knife Wong, the investigators, the university, and, uh, and everybody else. It's civil case.